Hi, Toby. <laughs> Hello, Matthew. I've um, I've got a spring training uh, warm up uh, preseason. <laughs> I've got a joke about paper. <laughs> it, okay. <laughs> it's, it is terrible. Oh God! Oh God! Oh, I was really thinking I would miss. I missed those more than I did. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's terrible. Oh, wow, that is terrible. Uh, well, you're you're listening to a uh, somehow another episode of Battery Mates. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Battery Mates. Uh, this is Toby in America, in the United States. This is Matthew in London, the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. And Northern Ireland, yeah. Glad that wasn't forgotten. Um, and we are recording uh, uh, the preseason episode, uh, the first, I guess, or the uh, episode of, of season three of Battery Mates. A lot of people didn't think season we'd get to season three, Matthew. A lot of people didn't think we'd get to week one of season three of season one. We, and we barely <laughs> did. <laughs> you see, this we're, 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 this is this is a pre-spring training episode because we need to shake some cobwebs, yeah. get out there and have a bit of a workout, shag some balls. <laughs> <laughs> I love that phrase. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll take some infield practice. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll probably do. <laughs> Nothing's changed. <laughs> oh dear. But, so I th- I feel like I'm in the best shape of my life. I don't know if you do. Going into this new season, I, I feel like I'm coming towards the end of a of a long, <laughs> high priced you know a long high priced uh, contract where I'm getting I'm still getting a ton of money, but the best years are behind me. <laughs> You're still a fan or, or, favorite, but uh, or, or, yeah, yeah. I'm basically I'm Jason Worth basically. Jason. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a long time, and, um, you know, we're going to spend some time on this episode just uh, catching up on what's been what's been going on in, in the world of baseball, in our worlds. Um, we'll do a, a three-up, three-down, a proper three-up, three-down this time, no timer. Um, old-fashioned. Old-fashioned <laughs> to talk about. No pace of play rules here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we'll certainly, um, uh, you know, give, give you a little bit of a sense of how this is going to work for episode, or for episode, season three. And um, and yeah, this is a this is this is brand new territory for all, for all of us. Uh, we're across. Well, we've we've never done a season three before. We never. I mean, <laughs> no. similar to last season when we'd never done a season two. Um, but I think I think we've got new lessons to learn afresh. Yeah, you know, I think that's right. Or, or, or something. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how have you been? Well, I've I've been you know as you can tell I'm uh, my voice is just doing really well sexy as fuck toby it, it is I, I you know i most people don't like getting a cold especially in the winter it's annoying but i love it because you know i just do all my podcasts uh in that that window <laughs> and i sound great um and yeah that's that's really that's all that's new in my no actually the other thing that's new um is that we're i'm we're having a baby this spring not just yeah. not just season three of Battery Mates. 
<laughs> and a proper season, season one of, of Toby being a dad. That's right. <laughs> and so this, um, as, as much as we, we, we never intended for this to be a, uh, dads talking about baseball podcast that could end up being what this is <laughs> or, or baseball fans talking about being dads. Um, <laughs> yeah. well, um, I'm sure you've had lots of advice from people, yeah. um, and, um, and, and wise words. Uh, I don't have any of those. Um, <laughs> so all I'll tell you is that, um, overall it is a net plus. <laughs> okay. Uh, my experience, anyway, uh, is a net plus. <laughs> um, how what was it like moving, um, uh, you know, across the world with a with a, with a newborn? Well, not newborn. It was one year old. It was a fucking nightmare. Um, <laughs> we uh, moving house is hard anyway. Having a child around who is both not helpful and unhelpful. Those are two different things. Uh, was was not great. And then our flight from New York City to London's Gatwick Airport was delayed by 19 hours. That's <laughs> oh one, one nine, 19 hours, including five of those hours were sat on the tarmac. Uh, they had a they had a problem with the, the water or something. And after four hours, they legally, I found this out on the plane, they legally have to give people the option of getting off the plane. Oh, my God. One, one, one dude... One dude got off the plane, and they then spent an hour trying to find his bag in, oh the, in the hold. They he got off the plane before they announced that he'd got off the plane, presumably because he would have been beaten on his way down <laughs> the aisle on his way off the plane. But um, you know, we're back in London now, and I've I've spent the last uh, it's, it's four weeks now back in the UK. Um, I've spent a, a significant amount of that time trying to get my head around which Nationals games I'll be able to watch because of the time difference. Oh, right. So for the UK, the, you know, the downside is that a bunch of games will be at night. Any game that starts at 7 p.m. Eastern is a midnight game. And as a dad, I want to be fast asleep at midnight <laughs> under all circumstances. The only way I'm going to be watching a 7 p.m. Uh, first pitch game is if one of those games is in postseason. So um, <laughs> there'll be a bunch of games I'll miss. Um, 1 p.m. games, 4 p.m. games, those are good. That's 6 o'clock in the evening for me um, or 9 o'clock in the evening. Both of those are very, very good. But obviously there's not a ton of those games. On the upside, because I live in the United Kingdom now, there are no blackout yeah. uh, games. So I um, I will be able to watch all of the games when the, the Nationals play the Mets. Obviously, when I lived in New York, I would have just gone to those games. So um, <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely a, a very thin silver line, uh, silver lining, whatever that phrase is. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to like a bunch of weird. You know, there'll be some games West Coast um, 7 p.m. games. I'll be able to watch the last three or four innings when I get up at them in the morning. <laughs> that's, so, a, that's really surreal <laughs> that's very very surreal so i'll be i'll be watching the end of the nationals playing the dodgers over my breakfast cereal i didn't like moving to chicago because it, it would mean that i would, all my all the baseball games started an hour earlier like it, cleveland right. plays at six o'clock every you know at night games their normal games start at six which you know is better now um but at the time was like well i'm not going to be off of work at six o'clock <laughs> i can't go watch a game right um yeah, but you know, you adjust. You you you, you know. I, I will adjust, and and there's there's fewer of them. So those games that do start at six o'clock or at nine o'clock, I'll be I'll I'll make more effort. 
you know, if it was every single day, then, you know, I just have to take it or leave it. And, you know, we've said this before, the MLB TV package is, is really good. You know, as I've, I've watched a lot of um, cricket, I watch a lot of uh, football online and MLB, MLB's online package is just head and shoulders above others. So the kind of 15 minute version condensed game is going to be great for me on the, on the way into work in the morning to watch on the subway. Uh, or tube as we call it here in London um so you know I'll get by I'll get by and um you know I've already I've already got uh uh, uh tickets to two games for the Nationals this season uh one in DC and one in Chicago so um I'm planning ahead I'll be I will be back and forward um not just for games I've actually got stuff to do around but um I've already told my boss um I'd, I'd need to be in the U.S. for work every now and again. I've already, just, I just said to him, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to D.C. unless the Nationals are in a homestand. That's just, <laughs> that's how, that's how this is going to work. And he doesn't understand. He's a bit bemused, but he said, okay, fine. So <laughs> that's how, that's how we're going to roll. Anyway, yeah. How, how is so? You know, lots happened in baseball since we last recorded, and by that I mean absolutely nothing has happened in ba- very little has happened in baseball in the last three months. <laughs> literally nothing i had to scrape yeah. together uh stuff for a uh a three up three down I know, me but too. not only that but like i think it was only about three weeks ago that i came out of my nlds funk i was so angry about the nationals losing in the nlds again that i barely watched any of the nlcs or the world series right. it was it was it was extremely petulant and pathetic I went back and watched the highlights, but it was super childish of me. Uh, I, but I only came out of that uh, like three weeks ago, and now I am agon. I just cannot wait. I can't, I'm I'm back to like counting down the hours to spring training starting. <laughs> do, do Nationals fans how they how they feel about the upcoming season? Are they ex- like like you really excited and optimistic, or what? I, I think I think I don't know actually. I mean, uh, people have not people have just not been talking about it. I don't know if that's because there's some kind of like, if people are in a funk or everyone's just like, look, let's just not talk about this. It's not going <laughs> to, it's not going to help either way. But I mean, I, you know, I think a lot of people, the assumption is we've got a team that can, I think we're favorites to win the, yeah. um, the NL East. But I just think people think we just can never go on to do anything in the postseason. I think it's just, was that like four times now in the last five years? Yeah. So, um, you know, there's not a lot of optimism. But my, the way I'm the way I'm approaching this is okay. So we do we do badly in October. Who cares? We've we we are so close now to several months of playing baseball every day. Yeah. Which is a big step up on what we've had for the last three months. And winning more often and expected to win more often than you're going to lose. That I think few people especially in, in cities uh, for teams that are like kind of spoiled by success. Um, and I would no, not normally count Cleveland being in that, that, that category, but it, I think people are spoiled by the, you know, if you don't win the world series, the, was the season a success? Like, that question. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's complete bullshit. And I, I, you, cause you, you know, one team wins one of 30 teams wins the world series and my, you know, the, the my team hasn't had a World Series victory in seventy years, so right. Um, those those seasons aren't weren't all failures, and and certainly some were better than others. But I, there's something about I mean, the regular season that is super important and fun. Um, yeah, I I, I, I just totally agree with that, and I know that like 
I know some Mets fans who kind of feel like Nationals fans don't get it because there's there's no history in the city. I kind of quibble with that to some extent. There's loads of uh, Nationals fans I know who um, are big DC baseball mm-hmm. fans. Obviously, the difference between DC baseball versus the Nationals franchise. But I, I do, I, I you know, I'm sensitive to that. And I understand why Mets fans will kind of feel like that. But I'm coming at this from my my sporting fandom is um, a, a lifetime of pain as a Norwich fan, <laughs> um, never never achieving anything, and um, uh, regularly you know getting relegated after after the hope you know having having that hope dashed. So for for me, the, the Nationals winning the NL East has just been so so fun, and I'm I don't take any of it for granted, and I enjoy it hugely, and I don't kind of feel like I, I you know at no point in the last few years have I felt like oh yeah done and dusted you know of course we're going <laughs> to win the NL East let's just let's just bring on October I don't I don't feel like that at all I just I enjoy every single win the Nationals um, get, and that's why the regular season's been so fun because we've been winning more than we've been losing so. Uh, you know, and it won't. You know, I think the thing I have a pretty, uh, pretty familiar <laughs> uh, experience with is this doesn't last forever. I mean, and, and for for my team, we're gonna go once this window ends and we stop being uh, one of the best teams in the American League, we're gonna go down to being a mediocre team at best uh, for for at least right. a few years, and so. And that's it's it's significantly less fun when you're when you when you know your team's not going anywhere, um, but it's still fun. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think in Cleveland this this off season we've had, you know, we've lost a few free agents. Um, uh, Carlos Santana, Brian Shaw, um, are the two big ones. And I, I think that some fans in in Cleveland are just like what are you guys doing? You know, why are you letting this team break up? And it's like, well, these, I mean, I love Carlos Santana and Brian Shaw was a, like a workhorse. Um, I don't think anybody in the American league has thrown in in bullpen innings, uh, thrown more bullpen innings than Brian Shaw in the last four years. Um, But you know, these aren't like critical pieces to the puzzle. I mean, they're, they're important, but they're not like irreplaceable or right. um, And, and they still have a core of that is, built a team that is the far and away the favorite to win the American League Central. I think actually the thing we have in common, Matthew, is that our teams are probably the of all the divisions in baseball, our teams are the most likely to win theirs. Right? Like I think the favorite is favorites. Favorite is favorites, right. I think there's the difference between us and like the next best team is a farther jump than in any other division based on like expectations and projections you know that's all paper right, so right, who knows, right. but. yeah i mean the the, the nationals have, have broadly kept the team uh, together and um you know this is the last year uh, um when that's when there's no huge changes like we've we have lost um jason worth but that was very very planned in um Did he retire what uh, happened uh, I think he's. I think he wants to play. I think he's holding out for a yeah. for a an, an everyday slot. I don't think he's going to get an everyday slot. And then it's a question about which bench he goes to, or if he goes to a bench at all. But um, I, I, I want to. We should come on and talk about the number of free agents there are in a second. But the Nationals have broadly kept the team together, and there's just a question mark over whether we're going to try and upgrade um, in the catcher slot. Um, Matt Wheaters is a good guy, but uh, didn't really click last year. So there's some talk about going into the Marlins fire sale and picking up uh, <laughs> JT Real Muto. But I think um, 
you know, there's, there's this weird um, free agent freeze um, right. on 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 pickups. So I'm not really sure what's gonna. Yeah, you know, I think maybe they're waiting for a, a last minute sprint. Uh, and the Nationals have picked up players right before um, spring training starts, uh, before in the last couple of years. So, uh, but that's apart from that, we're we're broadly going again. Yeah, same. And in, in pitchers and catchers report in, in what eighteen days for for my t- seventeen days for my team. Um, How many days are there in January? Thirty one. Yep. Yeah, seventeen days for us too. Valentine's Day. Nice. Not bad. Yeah. That's yeah. see. That's the thing. I mean, I. Baseball, the winter, uh, maybe this is just me and my experience as a baseball fan, but the winter can't last forever, and baseball always being on the horizon is the is the thing. The, the football yeah. season ending um, is one of the best things that's, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. one of the best things in, in life. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't the end. Super Bowl soon? It's Super next Bowl week. Soon? Yeah, it's next, next Sunday. Week. Okay. Yeah. I bought, again, this is, this is just classic me. I bought a postseason NFL pass to watch games in the U.K., <laughs> So I could watch the Bills oh, uh, nice. because the Bills going to their postseason and they they lost and I haven't watched a single game since. I'm like, oh fuck it, I hate football anyway. It's the worst. <laughs> NFL playoffs have, have, have there been a few really good games this year, but NFL playoffs yeah. is the only thing that's actually entertaining about the NFL. Um, and I speak, you know, as as a as a Browns fan, um, <laughs> that means a lot. <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we need to have a, a whole segment about that, like a guest football seg- segment on the Browns and how bad they are at some point. But anyway, no one really we, wants to talk should... about them. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> you can't find guests. <laughs> we um we should let's get into three up three down. Should we? Or should we do we need have we got a sponsor this week? Yeah, we have a sponsor. We should do this because this one they paid pretty. They've been waiting too, so we should probably get this one out. Okay, this all right, let's go. This episode of Battery Mates is brought to you by Coors Light. Did you know we still make the mountains on our cans turn blue when the beer inside is cold? We do that for you. And we don't even really brag about it anymore, this podcast of advertisement, not withstanding. And what kills us, you don't even see the Jagoffs and Miller or Bud doing anything like this. They just gave up and let us win. Kind of like the Soviets did after we landed on the moon. Except, you know, we didn't make the mountains turn blue in some soundstage on Hollywood. Them's the real deal. Coors Light, they still turn blue. Look. The thing I love about that sponsor is, um, you know, I don't know about you, Toby, but almost all of the other products from our sponsors, I don't like. I don't yeah. use. I don't even think that they reflect the values that we have as <laughs> battery mates. But Coors Light, I do like Coors Light. I enjoy the taste of it, which is, it is literally, literally like drinking a mountain each time you have a can. I've never actually done this, but I, I think one thing I'd like to do before, you know, this is all said and done, I'd like to take a, a, a tap and just like throw it into one of the Rockies and just <laughs> taste it. I bet you it tastes a lot like what is in Coors Light cans. I bet you it Right. Is. I mean, that, that is sort of basically what they do when they right. make cause light right yeah i've taken a few brewery tours in my day and um i have not taken the coors tour um but i have my understanding of how beer is made is there's a tap and it goes into some hard service and then beer comes out that's usually that's my yeah that's my sense i don't know you just need to be lucky enough to live somewhere where (laughs) a mountain or a river or or a lake maybe Mm mm-hmm 
is, is one of those things that produces beer. It's kind of like being from like Canada and having maple syrup. Like maple syrup is like, <laughs> right, is like right. their Coors Light. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you are from Quebec, uh, poutine. Poutine. Yeah. Poutine, which you can get from the sidewalk. Yeah. I mean, most bathrooms, and I was just there in, in Quebec, and most bathrooms, there's uh, hot water, cold water, and poutine. <laughs> just like comes right out of the tap. Just like a different dial. I would love for us to be sponsored by uh, a poutine company. Are there companies that are – that's a good question. What's the premier poutine maker in in Canada? (laughs) I I mean the sidewalk. I mean if you (laughs) can just get it free from the sidewalk, why would you get anywhere else? We're going to get a lot of letters. We're going to get a lot of letters. This this is more ridiculous than than even usually we are. Uh, (laughs) Let's let's get into three up, three down. All right. You want to you want to go first? Sure. I was just mentioning that I was in I was just in Quebec, um, and when I was there, I was there for work, and we we were in Montreal, and I happened to go to a Mont, uh, Montreal Canadien game, um, which is where they play they play hockey. Um, it's a very ice hockey or field hockey. I couldn't tell. Um, no, it, it was ice hockey. It was definitely ice hockey, um, and it's exciting. It's really exciting. Have you ever been to a hockey game? Yes. They're fun. So it's a it's a it's a lot of experience. Um, I think ho- hockey and basketball are the two sports where the difference in enjoyment between watching on TV and watching live yeah. is the biggest. Hockey and basketball are really enjoyable to watch live. On TV, I'd ra- I'd rather watch darts. <laughs> well, <laughs> speaking of that, um, I one of the <laughs> most curious things because you know Montreal. <clears throat> Lost their their professional baseball team after the oh, 2004 really? season. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Where did, where did they go? No one knows. No one. Oh, literally, okay. no one knows. Um, but it's funny is that I didn't expect this at all. But um, so the the Canadiens um, are the only professional sports team remaining in Montreal, and so they are they kind of have a lot a lot resting on their shoulders. A lot of that sports uh, fanhood. Oh no, that's not that's not entirely fair. They have an MLS team. Um, and oh, that think, doesn't count. Yeah, right. It's the four big ones uh, in North America. They've got one. And so what, one of the things that's awesome is that they have the, a banner to the Montreal Expos hanging in, in the rafters next to all – they've won like 23 Stanley Cups or Coupe Stanley. Um, and <laughs> they, they have a, a banner that honors the, the Expos. And it has like, you know, Expos de Montreal, 1969 to 2004 – has the retired numbers, the logo of the team, and the, t- the four retired numbers of the players who, um, I, whose numbers retired. <laughs> um, but uh, so very classy, very nice. And I thought, well, that isn't that you know, it's a whole, like they're holding this, um, like the team is in purgatory until until the team returns. We're going to hold this banner for you. And then, um, and I thought that was really sweet. Um, and then late in the game, um, so the people who took us to the game pointed out that uh, the mascot. Um, who some Battery Mates listeners might remember, Yuppie, the Montreal Expos mascot, <laughs> is is now currently the Montreal Canadiens no mascot. Way. He was no acquired way. after the 2004 season by the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> Yuppie, uh, there's a lot of stories that Yuppie is the only mascot in Major League hit Baseball history to be ejected by the umpires. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's, there's a lot of good stories about Yuppie. We can go on and on. But 
I, I would, I would. Did we talk about this at some point? I, I don't know if we. I'm not sure if we did talk about it. But if you haven't seen the the YouTube of UP getting ejected from the game, it is well worth it. It is so good. We have the only downside to the whole thing is how. the commentary is all in French. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but, so, but I so I, I did a little research after. Um, <laughs> of course, you did. After after seeing this, I was like, well, "What the hell's going on here?" Is UP just got sent over to the hockey league. Apparently, that's what happened. But the original plans were for um, UP to follow the Expos to Washington. He was supposed to be the Nationals mascot, and then there was kind of like, apparently an awkward like, no one's talking about this. And then the mascots <laughs> debuted their new mascot, Screech, without telling the. I guess Yuppie himself um, or herself. Like no one was informed, and then finally, it was just like they had a new mascot, and it was Screech. Which, by the way, really weird mascot. Um, yeah, it's a pretty bad mascot. And so Yuppie was just like out of a job, and <laughs> negotiations started. Uh, there were ten groups negotiating to to have to acquire Yuppie, <laughs> and the Montreal Canadien uh, prevailed. I thought that was fantastic. Um, his first. You game just was- imagine. You can just imagine. Um, Yupi watching watching TV one morning, and there's a Nationals press conference, and and Screech comes out, and Yupi's <laughs> sitting on his sofa, he's mad. <laughs> right. uh, I also learned that one of the some of the uh, I guess uh, swear words in Quebec uh, are all religious. Several of them are religious. One of which is tabarnak, um, as a as a like a tabernacle choir. <laughs> So, literally, it means tabernacle choir. That's I think it's a reference to that. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that's what I was told. It's also pos- it's also really possible, really possible that the the uh, Canadians were just making fun of us and making trying to a hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I I definitely would have if I'd. I had a, a friend who came to the UK um, in twenty in twenty ten for a to work on the election, and I spent several weeks before he arrived persuading him that in the UK the C bomb is very very accepted everyday language to just sort of be annoyed about something. Oh my! And um, yeah, he that was it didn't go great for him. Tabarnak has a variety of uses. It is nearly. Become an equivalent to fuck. <laughs> so, Jesus. I, now, God damn it, we're gonna have to bleep these out for our Canadian <laughs> listeners. <laughs> so, so uh, anyway, sorry. That's uh, that's my first, uh, my first, uh, uh, my first up. Uh, well, my first up um, uh, is uh, Kurt Schilling. For, yeah. for for the first time in my entire life, Kurt Schilling is the up. Uh, in, in, in my week <laughs> and that is because he did not make it into the Hall of Fame uh, in this week's, uh, was it this week or last week? It was this week The close season just all blends into one um, <laughs> Four players got uh, uh, into the Hall of Fame this year which is more than normal, right? Yeah um, uh, Chip, Chipper Jones is the only name I can remember off the top of my head and I didn't <laughs> write the other ones down uh, in front of me Trevor Hoffman <laughs> uh, my uh, oh, uh, Vladimir Guerrero and um, oh. and Jim Tomey. Yes, Vladimir. We'll talk about in a second. Um, uh, the, 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 quick, a quick aside because I do want to talk about how much I fucking hate Kurt Schilling. But <laughs> the the Hall of Fame each year is for somebody who's 
like all of these people are brand new to me. Mm. Like I vaguely had heard of Chipper Jones before, but like the, these, they weren't part of my my upbringing, my life. Like I'd, I'd never heard of most of these people. So every year, the Hall of Fame is like looking down the shortlist and then diving down YouTube rabbit holes and like seeing all of the best clips of these people um, is really really fun. It's like a it's like an annual primer for me to go and uh, do some do some baseball history. But I. I don't need to look at baseball history to to know that a Kurt Schilling uh, lied about having a bloody <laughs> toe uh, during the World Series, and and b the fact that he did not get in again. And I think his votes actually went slightly down this year. You know, usually they creep up a little bit, as I understand the voting mm. strategies. Um, <laughs> they 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 are not they are not going up. And I think that I hope that that is partly down to the fact that. Um, Every year over the last few years, he has done something completely unacceptable. Uh, this year, he had a white supremacist on his uh, radio show. Uh, this year, he um, trolled Adam Jones uh, for uh, you know saying there was there, there, there's no such thing as racism at Fenway Park. Oh my! Um, do you remember that? That was um, that was early last season. Jesus Christ. Um, uh, and obviously all of the the Trump stuff that he's coming out with. He now literally works for Breitbart, a um, uh, the media um, the media company of the alt right, uh, the, the acceptable face of, of neo fascism, if you can call them that. Um, probably can't. Uh, the fact that he didn't <laughs> get in, I think, is, is is really really great. And like, there's been a lot of debate about this. I'd love to hear what you think. Um, about the writers having an, an informal uh, block on on Kurt Schilling. He hasn't broken any of the rules that are on paper. Um, and it's kind of similar debate to the um, the debate over uh, uh, Roger Clemens and, and Barry Bonds uh, not getting close to um, uh, uh, getting into the Hall of Fame over the PED. Are they are allegations or just the fact that they used PEDs? I don't know whether where we're at in our linguistic torture about that kind of stuff. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, for, for me, like there, there is a character test. Pete Rose has never been on a ballot ever. Um, and I, I think that Kurt Schilling shouldn't be on the ballot, but other people say, you know, it's got to be about the baseball and the baseball only. I, I, I just, I don't agree with that. Baseball isn't just about what happens on the field. It's about right. the impact that the sport has on society too, to me. But I don't know. It doesn't seem like the Writers Association officially agrees with that. It does seem like they unofficially agree with that. Yeah, I, I think that you're right about the Baseball Hall of Fame isn't, and you know, Baseball Hall of Fame is, people care a lot more, or pretend to care a lot more about it than I can even imagine, um, about who gets in and who doesn't. Like when somebody, uh, I forget who it was, the, the Veterans Committee um, uh, added to the, you know, in, in the last couple months, I forget who it was, but now this person's in the baseball hall of fame. It's like I don't care. I don't. I don't really. You know, once they're in, they're in. I'm not going to keep them out. But there's something about um, the what it means to when you, when you're being evaluated for whether you should be in the hall of fame. It's not just your numbers. It's not just um, you know what what your 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 career uh like zoomed out from uh you know 10,000 feet or whatever but it's it's i think it's your impact on the game and and whether it was good or bad and and should be it should be both good and great right like that's the whole point um and Kurt Schilling had 
was a this phenomenal baseball player. Uh, and some would argue that you know he should go in on his numbers alone. And if that's the case, Roger Clemens and, and Mike Mussina um, and Barry Bonds should all be in as well. And I agree that the last three should be in um, and, and will go in almost certainly at some point. But, uh, you know, I, I think that he you, – you choose to – you know, live, live the life you, you're, you're, you're making choices throughout your career. Right. And so, uh, the, the recent, the recent, uh, racist, um, really politically incorrect bullshit that he's done is, is, I think, uh, has earned him. Um, he wanted to be the villain. So he's now he's the villain. Um, and so you don't get to be in the hall of fame then because people aren't voting for you. (laughs) There are a lot of other people to vote for. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I think I, I hope he doesn't get in. Um, yeah. I, but I, I also, at the, at the same time, I'm, I'm, I don't feel as strongly about Barry Bonds and, and Roger Clemens uh, not making it. Thought it was interesting that Roger Clemens got four more votes this year than Barry Bonds. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure what that is about. I'm obviously, I am sure what that is about. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> oh, we'll see. We'll see what happens next year. But, uh, you know, um, this is also, I have to, I know I have to mention this, uh, that, that Donald Trump has an absolute obsession with Pete Rose getting into the <laughs> uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, so it's another year that uh, Donald Trump's campaign to have that uh, ban overturned has, has gone badly. I'm so. surprised he hasn't tried the executive order on that. <laughs> I would just like to say fuck Donald Trump. Okay. Thank you. Fair. <laughs> okay, what's your next one? Um, speaking of the Hall of Fame, Jim Tomey, you know, this is <clears throat> quite rare. Um, uh, this, this development is, I don't, I've never really had known how to feel about this because Jim Tomey is going into the Hall of Fame um, and he's going in as a Cleveland Indian. Uh, they haven't announced that officially yet, but um, it's the only logical choice. Um, the majority of his over six, 600 home runs in Cleveland. And uh, you know, unlike a lot of people, the power hitters of that era has never really been suspected of or accused of of, of using steroids or PEDs or anything. Um, you know, he kind of had a breakout year uh, in, in 1991, I think, in, in the minor leagues. And then all of a sudden, just like never looked back. He had, you know, somewhere in the high 20s, mid 30s, then 40 plus home runs almost every season for his, his whole his, his whole prime, at least. Um that's that's fairly good. Yeah, he's you know hit over six hundred home runs, pretty good. Um, he in Cleveland, um, it's been a recent uh, development that he's now like loved again. Um, he he said a lot of things in the mid nineties in the in, in the glory days of, of that that team, um, and he, which, of which he was like a, a pretty big part or a consistent um, centerpiece especially later in the 90s. And he, he said a lot of things about how he wanted to play his whole career in Cleveland very publicly. Um, he married a, a, a woman, um, uh, a broadcaster from Cleveland, and was really open about, I don't ever want to leave. And then his first, his first turn at free agency, he left. And so a lot of people, um, you know, a lot of people uh, were upset about that and w- you know, swore off Jim Tomey for life and it, <laughs> that kind of thing. And 11 years later, he, in his, the end of his career, he, um, the Indians traded for him, uh, and had him, for, you know, I think he was on the team for a couple months at the end of the season. We um, took him back. One of his last years. Yeah. 
And uh, in the I think the last one of the last games of the season, he actually uh, went instead of just being the DH, like played one of his la- a whole um, at bat at third base uh, to to be um, to, as his like exit from uh, Cleveland. And then he went and played another year, <laughs> so it wasn't he wasn't retiring. <laughs> it looked like he was like re- this is my retirement track, and then he played another year. But um, in the in the last five years, he's like once again beloved in in Cleveland and. Uh, by a lot of people, not everybody. Some people are still pretty upset, um, but they built a statue to him outside the stadium. Um, he's one of four statues now that uh, of former players. Um, the only one of, of in, who played in my lifetime um, is, is 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 Jim Tomey, um, and he's the first Hall of Famer I've ever seen pl- play in a Cleveland uniform. Um, who will go in in the Cleveland uniform? So that's how, pretty how you, remarkable. How, how does your dad feel about it? I think he's pro Jim Tomey being in the Hall of Fame. He's he's also um, adamant that Omar Vizquel should be in the Hall of Fame as well. And Omar, this is Omar's first ballot, and he only got like forty percent of the vote. Um, Omar Vizquel, for people who don't know, um, played like forty-eight years in the major leagues. <laughs> um, he he was in for a lot of that time uh, the best shortstop in baseball, uh, and and I think. Uh, most people, most of his peers would tell you that. Um, so it's hard because a lot of his, his, a lot of his stats aren't, you know, he, in that, he played in the same era as all those sluggers and all those great, like the Jeters and the Garcia Paras and all those shortstops who were also power hitters. And so he was always overshadowed, but he won, you know, he's won some like 12 gold gloves, um, crazy amount of. Um, defensive prowess. Uh, he was also a pretty decent bat, um, not a, not a, not even above average um, in that era, but uh, a, a solid piece of that lineup, uh, those great lineups in the nineties. And so, anyway, a lot of people in Cleveland who saw Omar Vizquel play and have never seen anybody play shortstop like that. You know, he funny story. He would take infield practice. He I don't know if he did this regularly, but he did this at least once. Um, he took infield practice with his feet. Um, at one point, because he was bored, um, he would often take infield practice barehanded. Um, but one one day he took infield practice with his feet, meaning he sat down and like fielded balls with his feet and kicked and kicked the ball to the you know to second baseman for a, a double play or yeah, crazy. I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I don't know how it works. That is weird. It is weird. He never did it in a game, so. <laughs> Um, but I, I think <laughs> I understand the, the, the naysayers who, who think that he, his stats don't live up to being an all of fame. But I, I, getting back to what you said about Kurt Schilling, the, the inverse of that is true as well. And if you are a great impact on the game, you know, had a great impact on the game, played for 20, I think really, legitimately played for 24 seasons um, until he, he was a starting shortstop at age 43. Um, uh, that's incredible. And uh, longevity and the, the, the mere quality of his uh, defense. I think he deserves to get a shot. So hopefully he'll have another, uh, another go at it, but we'll see. That's my second cool. up. All right. Uh, my next one is a rule change that is, is coming up. Uh, I think this season is slightly difficult to tell, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that the, the major league is going to announce uh, a pace of play change that they are in fact going to introduce a, um, a pitch clock 
Um, the situation, as I understand it, is that the Players Association objected to the introduction last year, but the CBA only allows them to uh, block this kind of change for, for one year. And so Rob, Rob Manfred is, is going to overrule the, the Players Association. Um, the pitch clock would be for uh, 20 seconds, regardless of whether there are any runners on base. Um, you get to reset the clock by stepping off the rubber. I don't, doesn't, the, 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 there's kind of like two or three articles about this that have described a memo and the thinking of the commissioner's office and so on. And, and I saw this mentioned that if you step off the rubber, the clock gets reset. I don't know whether that you get to just like keep stepping off the rubber or, or, or how that's going to work. <laughs> but, um, but the, 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 the there are, there is going to be a punishment for, um, violating the, the pitch clock, um, after, uh, you know, a pitcher will get one warning per game. Mm. Uh, and then each time you uh, violate the clock, you get one ball per violation. Wow! So, so like a, a, this is a real thing. Um, I don't, I don't personally think that, that twenty seconds is going to affect too many pitches. I think it's just something that they're using to try and focus um, uh, pitchers' minds. I mean, we've talked about this a lot over the last uh, eighteen months, and I think. I'm fairly strongly against it, but uh, it will be interesting to see how it plays out. But the other change that um, I think is, is, is more interesting is the, the mound visits. Mm -hmm. Um, The, 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 the the kind of description of the memo, like we'll have to wait and see for a formal announcement. I I think that hasn't been made, but the description I I saw was that um, any trip by uh, a manager or, or a coach or a player, or a trip off the mound by the pitcher to talk to another player, those all count as mound visits. And you only get so one it, of those before a, ch- a pitching change. Is that how that works? Right. Um, let me let me look at my look at my notes. It's like it's one um, uh, one visit per pitcher. Yeah, per inning, and then <clears throat> right per inning, and and then you have to change the pitcher. Right, which is, I mean, that that is a dramatic change from now, where every fucking pitch there's a, you know, a dilly dallying around. I yeah I apparently apparently is some evidence that the average time between pitches is has been rising, um, but I I have a hard time believing it's not also the batter's fault. If you you know you watch them step out of the box and like right. adjust their batting gloves. Yeah, they got to adjust their athletic cup. Um, that did get changed to. <laughs> that did get changed to say you can't step out of the box now, but it's not being enforced, no, right? It's not being enforced, and there's only, the only punishment here is that, the only punishment for this rule is against the pitcher. So right, and and the, the, there is a, there is a um, uh, part of these pace of play changes does include a thirty second clock between batters to try and hurry the batters into the box, but hmm. it doesn't make any mentions of the punishment. Right. I mean, yeah, it, I seems, it seems it, it seems to me that a lot of this is about um, trying to protect the umpires. Like the umpires should really be in a position to hurry people along um, and and in, in, enforce some kind of discipline, but they they just aren't because there's no set expectation about what exactly is supposed to be happening. I think that the batters not being allowed to step out of the box has has helped a little bit. I think they should enforce it a little bit more, but I really hope that the way that they enforce this is really to give the umpires the ability to clamp down on egregious 
nonsense rather yep. than it to be a literal on the second, you know, whistle goes kind of, you know, like treating baseball like, you know, it's a football and there's like a flag coming in from the third base umpire or something, you know, if this, if this is giving the umpires some tools to keep things sensible, then great. But you know, like the clock is just, I don't know. That's the thing that doesn't seem right in baseball to me. Yeah. I'd like it to be the umpire's discretion as to whether to issue the, the, the ball. And it probably is, but, um, I haven't seen that written down. I, I, it's, the idea of adding a clock to baseball is annoying and, you know, violates some of the, the basic tenets of, of baseball. And so um, I, I think I agree. It, it, any any additional tools that the umpires uh, can use to keep the game moving along are great. But keeping a hard and fast rule about mound visits, um, you know, that seems a little bit arbitrary. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how it plays out. I know the players are very much against it. So um, it should be dramatic or maybe not. Maybe it'll work. Um, my, my next up here, my last up for this episode, um, is just what the fuck is Derek Jeter doing? Um, Derek Jeter, uh, is now part of the ownership group of the Miami Marlins. This has happened. I think this happened since we last, uh, recorded, but, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. some of the only baseball news out there is what he's been up to, uh, what his team is, the, the Marlins have been up to. Um, first they traded away the, the reigning, uh, National League MVP, to, to the hey, most hated team in baseball, the New York Yankees. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun, uh, <clears throat> dealing with that. I'm sure ESPN will not cover that at all, uh, that team. Um, yeah. They rarely get a mention, so yeah, it's, it's nice. no change. Yeah. it's And Jeter, um, so that's suspicious. I mean, I'm just going to say it. That's suspicious. Like trading your best player immediately to uh, – the the team you came from, spent your whole career with, <laughs> who you're still friends with, um, yeah. uh, they, is, I, is is suspicious, stupid, or extremely greedy. Yeah, right. And I mean, Jeter G- G- is possible with Jeter in the all three. Could be all three. Yeah, <laughs> it's not good. Um, uh, I, and 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 so that was the beginning of it. Uh, and now he's ne- since traded Marcel Ozuna. And um, they've traded. Uh, I keep saying he, but he, I know he's not the general manager. I don't want to, you don't have to at me. Um, then they've traded uh, Kristen <laughs> Yellick uh, just last last week. Um, yeah. Who's they, these, these Ozuna and Yellick? They had under control for another several seasons. So <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. but things have gotten so toxic with ownership and man the management. Um, the players were demanding trades, and this poor JT Real Muto has he's got to want to go. I mean, what? Yeah. No... He, he wants out. He wants out. And of the course. Nationals are hovering. I think that they're holding out to try and see if uh, his wage demands uh, change. But he really, really wants out. Well, the last thing I want to bring up here, and, I, you know, we can make fun of the Mar- We're going to make fun of the Marlins for quite a while, I think. Um, uh, you mentioned Jason Worth. You know, there's an outfield spot for the Mar- on the Marlins uh, now. Um, <laughs> the, the thing that I want to uh, call to Battery Mates Nation's attention is that we talked earlier – or last season about uh, the home run sculpture at Marlins, the Marlins ballpark. And Derek Jeter apparently wants to get rid of it. Uh, he is, he hates it and thinks it's an eyesore and thinks it distracts from uh, the skyline and all, all, you know, you know, it costs $2.5 million to put that sculpture in. There's plumbing. There's like a whole bunch of electricity going through. It's incredible. And this makes me question Derek Jeter's position on this makes me question uh, my reality. I also agreed with him that this is an eyesore and, and 
garish and weird. Um, and and now I'm wondering uh, if I agree with Derek Jeter on this, is something wrong with me? Is something going? What's happening? Um, can you can you help? Is there any? You have any advice? I I would say two things. Number one, everyone thinks it's a terrible sculpture. <laughs> Literally everyone in America. Um, so I, you know, I, the causation doesn't um, equal correlation or whatever that phrase is. Um, number two, Hitler built good roads. If you like good roads, it doesn't make you a Nazi. <laughs> so equally, you agreeing with Derek Jeter on one thing doesn't make you a narcissistic, greedy person. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you. And then uh, over to you then. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, 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 my last up is, is kind of Derek Jeter related as well, which is the um, astonishing uh, glut of uh, free agency um, players, so more than a hundred players, uh, uh, as I understand it, a hundred uh, plus players are going to be out of contract and nothing's moving, and this is causing consternation across the across the league. There are two interesting articles um, that I shared on the Battery Mates Twitter at Battery underscore Mates. Uh, for those who follow us, um, we are gonna start tweeting again much more regularly. Sorry for the last couple of months of drought. There just hasn't those been a lot to follow tweet us, about. It's, there's not, not a been a lot to news. tweet about. For those uh, who ha- don't follow us yet, here's the kind of things we tweet about. One of the articles is about uh, Kenny Jansen, um, who uh, uh, was asked about this at the you know the the fan fest uh, that each of the teams have during the winter. Usually, they're kind of very bland interviews. He was asked about this, and he just came out and said, "Yeah, I think the players should go on strike." Oh, <laughs> okay, but, okay. So, like, I think it's a really interesting dynamic that uh, teams are not spending the money they have. And this plays into a different article that I tweeted, um, a long read from Deadspin, which I thought was a really, really good read about what happens to baseball when play- when teams stop trying to win. Yeah. So there's this dynamic this year. Um, the first thing is that the, the Dodgers and the Yankees are, are just trying not to spend uh, quite as much money bef- as before. There are several other teams who are up near the luxury tax, uh, the Nationals just nudged over it last year. And so they're, they're mindful of it. And I think several other teams are, are near the luxury tax. But this year, you've also got the dynamic with the money that came in from the sale of um, the MLB's media company to Disney. So every single team is getting $50 million um, in their bank accounts this year. Um, Teams like the Marlins and others also get the um, revenue sharing. Uh, money. So the Marlins are the ones I've I've read most about. This applies to other teams as, as well. They're gonna they're gonna make 160 million dollars this season without selling a single ticket or right. any sponsorship at all. <laughs> and they've they've already cut their wage bill to um, I think it's around 90 million. So they're already going to make a gigantic profit this year before they even sell a ticket. They're not obviously going to sell very many tickets, but the, the, there's this thing that um, for fans, there's a, a situation where loads of teams are doing literally nothing to try and win their division. And for players, it means that there, there is both fewer contracts being on offer. And as a result of that, wage offers are, are way, 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 way down. So you've got Kenny Jansen saying, let's just go on strike. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Um, but I think it's a, I think it's a, 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 you know, it's not, it's not got tons and tons of attention yet, but I think this is something that's going to brew through uh, spring training where a ton of teams are, are not really strengthening uh, their organizations. And there's a, you know, Jake Carrier is 
is out of contract. Um, and there's a, a bunch of players uh, uh, of that skill level that, that are just not getting any offers whatsoever. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out during spring training. Part of part of what I think is happening is, you know, I, I, four of the top five free agents right now, and I don't remember exactly which four, but, you know, people who are still available, Jake Arrieta, Hugh Darvish, J.D. Martinez, Eric Hosmer, Mike Moustakis, um, I think those probably are the top five. <clears throat> um, but... A lot of them have um, the same agent. And so Scott Boris um, has built his career on, uh, first of all, going after being aggressive about what kind of take uh, they're looking for and sticking, holding that as, as long as they can. Um, he is often playing very late in the, in the offseason. Now, granted, it's, it's the end of January and, you know, pitchers and catchers report in 17 days and, we, you know, we are some of the best players uh, on the market are still available. And that's, that's odd. And I think it has something to do with him. I think it has a lot to do with um, what you were talking about, Matthew, about some teams just you know, a third of the teams aren't competing this season. Um, and, you know, another four or five teams are really mindful of the, the luxury tax and um, several other teams in the middle don't really want to make a commitment to uh, a four or five year commitment to some of these players who let's be honest, are all on the, um, you know, they're all on the, except for Mike Moustakas, they're all on the wrong side of 30. Um, and so, you know, a team like Cleveland can't, like we, we literally can't invest that much money in, in one single player who um, is, will be declining in front of our eyes. Um, and so I, it's, it's, it's a weird um, convergence of events, or maybe Major League Baseball owners are colluding. Who knows? Um, uh, but no collusion. Uh, no collusion. So, I don't know. <laughs> a subtle but very great, reference <laughs> no puppet you're the puppet <laughs> you're the puppet <laughs> all right it's three up three down it feels good to it be feels back. good it feels good it was you know it was a sloppier three up three down just like that first practice um it w- would be in, in in spring training and so you know we gotta get yeah work out the kinks i mean the, the both of the people that listen all the way to the end i think have actually tuned out by now <laughs> <laughs> and derek jeter got mad when we started talking about him so <laughs> That's our third listener. No gift basket for us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we we what? How do you how do you feel like the the season's gonna go? What have we got coming up? Um, we got we got spring training uh, real soon. Yeah. Um, and that means one thing. It means the battery mates opening day prediction That's contest right. is gonna get started soon. That is right. Um, we are. We will be. Not that soon, but within a, within the next couple of months, <laughs> we will be rolling out the opening day predictions. But start thinking about it. You know, most most I think Battery of the Nation is the third year we've done this now, and so um, you know it shouldn't catch you by surprise. You should be thinking about what you what, who's going to win the division, how many teams, how many games is your team going to win, uh, how far are they going to go, who's going to win the World Series. Um, it's all very uh, it's all it should all be very uh, normal for you these days. So. Should be should be straightforward. Um, we will have a prize as usual. Um, I would just like to reassure Dave Duberstein and Ross Riquetto Morales that we will be sending you your prizes from <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the last season. I'm afraid that they're currently on a boat that is leaving <laughs> New York Harbor in the next couple of days. Um, in in about five days, it will arrive in Southampton in about five weeks. 
And as soon as it gets, I get that stuff off the boat, I will mail your prizes back across the ocean to you for your very successful postseason and regular season contest <laughs> performances. Uh, so this was wait. So this was a <laughs> wait a second. This, these balls came from Kansas City. Were they, were they, were they shipped to Kansas City and then flown? Then flown no, back? J, Jason can Jason kind of presumably one of Jason Kander's, uh, uh staff bought the balls okay. in kansas city okay. signed them in kansas city mailed them to new york yeah i then had them on my desk waiting to mail them to ross and dave and didn't and then they got they are getting shipped i mean they're still <laughs> in new york harbor because the boat is not set sail yet um, so theoretically ross and dave could go down to new york harbor and maybe root yes, around yeah yeah <laughs> i mean the worst thing is i saw ross twice <laughs> Uh, while while the balls were on my desk, and um, <laughs> good phrase, uh. <laughs> um, and, and didn't didn't did not give him uh, either of my balls. Uh, uh, sorry, Jason Kander's balls. Um, so that was that was pretty bad. But this season we do have a prize. We can guarantee every single prize we've ever given out. Uh, Battery mates has eventually got to the the, the winner. So stand by for that. We're also going to have um, a bunch of uh, uh, interviews. Um, we've got some lined up already. I've actually done an interview with Stephanie Cutter, the, the 2012 uh, Obama campaign manager and CNN contributor, and it was it was really really great. Again, the recording equipment and therefore the 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 record of the interview currently in a box on a boat in New York <laughs> Harbor. Uh, as soon as that arrives uh, in uh, London, I will download it onto my laptop and email it to Toby, who will. Uh, edit it into a future episode but we've got other we've got other um uh other interviews uh going to be coming up uh during spring training and into the regular season yeah and and your this is along with your microphone which is uh this is currently on yeah. boat somewhere again i don't want to repeat myself but my microphone is currently in new york harbor <laughs> and as soon as <laughs> so my the sound quality and the the dulcet tones of my presumably increasingly british accent as i acclimatize back into the uk i'll be getting even more british when i what you there i'll be getting even, even more british <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what just happened but um yeah more interviews and one of the other things we're looking for really looking forward to doing more of this season is our battery mates at the movies. Um, we had a lot of fun last year with, with uh, uh, KSL uh, joining us to to kind of pick apart some of our favorite baseball movies and, and really you know revisit them in uh, with a new lens. Um, you know, movies we haven't done yet: Major League, The Sandlot. Uh, these are all some some really big ones. We haven't done Field of Dreams. So Matthew, get ready, buckle up. Um, it's crazy we haven't done Field of Dreams. I also, um, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but I found a, a movie about uh, the baseball leagues that the um, uh, 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 Japanese-Americans who were interned um, in prison during World War II formed, the, the baseball leagues inside the camps. There's a movie about that. Uh, I can't remember the name, but that's definitely going on the list. Yeah, okay. Well, and if you have other ideas, uh, feel free to at us. Not about the stuff we talked about before, but about this. Um, <laughs> we're at battery underscore mates on Twitter. Um, but yeah, this was, this was fun. It's fun to get, you know, to get out there and back onto the field. And, um, you know, it's good to smell the leather of your glove. And, uh, yes, I've, I've really enjoyed shagging balls with you, Toby. <laughs>
Oh, with that, um, I guess that's the ball game, right? Are we still doing that? I don't know if we're still doing that. I don't know. It didn't really didn't really catch on last year, but let's try it. That's the ball game. Shag those balls. <laughs> <laughs>